Hey guys, welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast, episode 36, I believe, 35, episode 35, um, with your host Jake Van Hoff, Kate Reese, and Ryan Bennett. There we go, <laughs> trio is back. Back. Um, back end of last year, we were not great with uh, just organising time. Mm. Uh, it was one of those things, not going to beat around the bush, our podcast was on the lower end of priorities. And if it was getting done on a week, you guys might have noticed. I don't think we've done a podcast for about three weeks. And before that, it was like sometimes every week, sometimes every yeah, two weeks. Fell, fell a bit back on the... It's actually meant to be my task within the business as well. So that doesn't say a lot about me. Um, <laughs> I've been ill. I've been ill. You Anyone heard? heard? I've been yeah. ill. <laughs> <Not heard. laughs> I have a rash. How are you feeling now? How are you feeling now? I feel okay. Uh, today, so um, anyone listening who doesn't know, there'll be no one. Um, <laughs> I basically had a really bad reaction to the vaccine and came out in major hives, kind of t- covered head to toe, uh, bright red, itchy. Uh, but some of it was just absolutely excruciating. And on New Year's Day, I was lying, <laughs> crying at the Harry Potter reunion special, but with my wrists just throbbing in pain, like double the size they usually are, bright red, almost like purplish and almost crying in pain. Um, I've had three trips to the doctor slash hospital um, for medications and stuff. And um, at the moment, so today is the first day I've woken up without a rash in the morning. Um, I'm on pretty strong antihistamines and steroid, um, a steroid dose. a steroid course sorry so hopefully that kind of has cured it um tomorrow's my last day on the steroid of the steroid course um so i'm hoping that sunday i don't just come out in a massive red rash again you're hoping you don't (laughs) (laughs) i'm hoping your cold goes away so you stop whinging about that as well (laughs) kate's also ill and is whinging as well for anyone wondering i'm not ill. i think this is the only time like I can't remember the last year at this time of year where I've not had some sort of illness. Like I don't know how I'm I'm, I'm avoiding everything at the moment. Well, touch wood. Yeah. Touch wood. <laughs> I'll say that and then I'll be absolutely swarmed by COVID in the next week or so. I was gonna say uh, with, dodging COVID left, right, and center. With how virulent COVID is at the moment, saying I've not been getting ill is a fucking terrible idea. You just curse yourself. <laughs> Ryan's isolating from tomorrow, like yeah. oh dear. <laughs> um <laughs> Nah, uh, so yeah, hoping I'm, I'm on the mend. Um, and uh, yeah, I've taken a good bit of the week off training actually, which is very unheard of for me. Um, but I was coming up to being vaguely due a deload anyway. So I've probably taken it a week earlier than I would have done. Um, and starting a new program on Monday, which is exciting. Um, hopefully rash free, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, honestly, the worst part about it, genuinely, once I was over like the real pain and kind of feeling pretty fucked from the reaction um because there was a couple of moments where my breathing was quite labored and there was a bit of worrying about like am i having basically a delayed anaphylaxis reaction where my throat's just going to close up and i'm going to die um don't lie that you were worried about that as well i mean that was a bit over dramatic but yeah you weren't worried in the night when i was wheezing wheezing and Breathing yeah. was laboured. It looked pretty severe. Like I, I, I was scared for you. I, I was worried. <laughs> I genuinely was like, "Oh my god, this, this is the end of Jake." <laughs> Legitimately, this is the worst part. Like of everything I've put on social media, that wasn't the worst, was it? No. Like that was Probably scratch. Saturday morning, your face. Have you? Uh, is it the last final Harry Potter? Where they're in the woods and they get caught by the snatchers, and Hermione puts a spell on um, Harry so he doesn't look like him. Like legit, I I thought it on Saturday morning. I was like, I can't say that to him. <laughs> I think I said it to you on Monday, didn't I? Yeah. And you were like, Yeah, to be fair, I did look like that. It looked like yeah. So it looked like I've been hit in the face with a stinging jinx <laughs> to use the, the Harry Potter lingo. Um, my face was like double swollen and bright red, um, and. But, like, you couldn't really see in the videos I took on Saturday morning how bad it was. Yeah. And then the good kind of photos that I took that were to send to the doctors, which I put on social media, that was it much, much better. Mm-hmm. Um, like, at one point, it wasn't blotchy at all. It was just hives. Like, 
the blotchiness almost makes it look worse because there's patches of white and red and white and red. Mm. But like at one point it was just red. Like the entire body was just reaction. Um, and it was, yeah, it wasn't nice. Anyway, um, how are you guys? How was your Christmas and New Year? How is everything going? Ryan? <laughs> For me, me first. Well, mine was really relaxed. It was good. So my my parents live way, way, way up north, um, way up in the Highlands, like, what, five hours north from Edinburgh? So, I mean, it's like how isolated it is up there. Like, we've, like, part of the garden is literally, like, woodland. It so you feel like... That photo you put on Instagram, I was like, that is so gorgeous. Just, it's just like, it's the perfect, like, place to be able to just go and escape mm. and just not have to think about anything. It's like a proper nice, like, city break. And I feel like I benefit from that massive city break city break or country break oh, country break break from the city because right. <laughs> yeah, a city breaks when you go on holiday to a city <laughs> like a city breaks like barcelona or <laughs> break break from the city say that yeah <laughs> country break then country break um so it was good i was there for like five days um nice. a bit of a scare though like the day that i went well, it was the day after i went back up home my flatmate Jack had told me that his girlfriend had COVID and she was staying at my flat with Jack. So oh. then Jack had COVID and I was like, oh no, like I'm home with my parents, with my gran. Um, ah, is there any chance I've been in contact with them? Like whilst COVID's been around? Thankfully it was all fine um, and there was no like overlap with that. But then I'd barely even been back to my flat. I've been living in cats for like the last like near enough 10 days or something like that um and i've maybe gotten a little bit too comfortable being here just now um yeah. so literally great christmas came back um enjoyed new year um with cat we had the quietest new year and i saw you guys were um watching harry potter and new year we were watching game of thrones over again um so nice. we got to watch the battle of bastards on yeah new year's eve so we're up to like three in the morning watching that um no alcohol involved, just a pamper night. We were doing face masks and like, what are they like, feet masks as well? Like these little, I, I don't know if you've ever had them, Kate. I, I'll probably the ones that make your feet peel? No, it's like you put yeah. them in this like weird uh, plasticky kind of sock, right? So you cut them and it's got like whatever stuff that's good for your feet inside these masks. And it just feels like wet, soggy socks. So you keep them on and it's meant to like, I don't know. They're cheap anyway, but it makes your feet smell nice for, for maybe a day or so. Um, I know there was like, one trend that went around that was like these, like basically what you've just described, but it made basically like the top layer of your foot come off. Oh. And I remember one of my friends did it and like for days after she was like, imagine just like a snake shedding its skin. Like my feet just keep doing that. So I've always just like had a bit of a fear of those like feet ones. I'm like, I'm not, not, not here for that. No, yeah, not quite as intense as that. So yeah. it was just, like, it was just like a, it was like think of it as like a moisturizing bag that goes around each of your feet. That's what it was like. So we just did that and had a nice chilled night. Nice. It, I, I think I I I ended up making like um we just made like really it was a really weird uh, night of food. Like I ended up making what was it? It was a uh, bacon and lentil soup. And we made that that was actually class. And then we ended up just making an assortment of sandwiches. I was like, this is the weirdest New Year ever. <laughs> but class to be fair. Everything. Loved every second. I'm such um, a fan of sandwiches. I love a sandwich. So good. So good. Um, so, yeah. And then since then, um, obviously, this week has been getting back into things. Uh, got to start. Uh, well, I've started training at the gym. Well, same gym as you guys. Gym that I yeah. used to work in at Nuffield, which has been nice to have some sort of social interaction rather than... I've not caught up, I've not caught up with you on this, by the way. Sorry to interrupt, but mm -hmm. how, is it, how does it feel being back there just as a member. As a member. Uh, to, to be honest, it doesn't feel like dramatically different. Like yeah. I, I thought I would have really noticed a big shock of going in and being like, oh, right, I'm, I'm not staff anymore. But it doesn't really feel that different, really, to be honest. Yeah. I, I've been surprised, you know, aside from that, I've been surprised about how quiet it is. Yeah. Um, which has been good, obviously, on our end for training. But um, yeah, it's not really felt as weird as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I, I was I was expecting it to feel You've weird. Not, have you trained on a weekend yet? On like a normal weekend? Uh, not a normal weekend. No, no. But when you see more people in that you know on a weekend, like mm -hmm. that that part can be a little bit weird. Um, I also think that I train at the same time I used to train 
when I was a PT there. So I see the same faces. Yeah. Um, any of your clients train there that you've seen? Yes. Yes. I've, I've, I've maybe bumped into four of my current clients and I think I've bumped into like three, two or three of my old in-person clients yeah. and bumped into one today. It was good. It's, it's been, it's been great to actually see people again, like yeah, yeah. in person. I, I think that was my issue over the last six months. Like my day would literally just be, you know, wake up at my computer, speak to people and, you know, a one-ended conversation, speaking to your computer screen, speaking to your phone screen, go to the gym. And then you'd like the gym I was training at, you know, I'd maybe speak to one or two people, to the same people every day, the same conversation. Mm. It just got a little bit weird. Like I, like, I think I remember saying to you guys, I'd get to the end of the day and flatmate Jack would come back or, or I'd see Kat in the evening. And then I'd be like, Ah, I've been talking all day, but I've not yeah. actually been talking to anyone. I've not had any, you know, two-way conversation. So how, how bad is the double whammy on that, by the way? You get no like positive of social interaction. But you're fucked. But you like, don't have any you, you have no desire to speak to people. Yeah. So oh. like you like you are like almost phys physiologically craving. Oi, mm -hmm. Raph. Sorry, Ralph's playing with his frisbee quite loudly. Um, <laughs> you have no physiological desire to speak to people, but you mm. have a massive psychological need to speak to people. And it's like this yeah. double whammy of like, fuck that, but I need that. Oh, 100%. I was, I was feeling like, I, I felt like my social skills were like going through a rapid decline from yeah. like, no, actually just even like body language, you know, speaking to someone else and getting body language and just, I'm like, I got to the point after a couple of months, I'm like, am I actually like saying acceptable things just now? Or I'm like, <laughs> I, I question everything I was saying. Like, am I developing autism? <laughs> yeah, literally. literally. Um, so yeah, it's been nice to, to see a lot of familiar faces being like, an, you know, a gym that has a lot of like TLC as well. Like, yeah. you know, It's a nice good environment movement. in that Nuffield, like yeah. generally. It, 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 yeah, even as commercial, like, I don't love commercial gyms necessarily. I think you can get a lot of arseholes in them who, like, yeah. feel quite entitled by the fact they're paying 60 quid a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just isn't that. Like, yeah. it's, it's quite a unique gym, that gym. I think it's also quite nice as well that we have worked there. So I do think there is, like, a degree of respect for us. Like, sure. I don't know if you guys find that, but I have always felt very comfortable training in that Nuffield. Mm-hmm just from like people being very nice and yeah. 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 I, th I think it's a nice gym environment there for sure. You know, you, you compare it to, you know, your, your typical like pure gyms, for example, like yeah. it's, it's a real different vibe that you get in there. It's, it's far more of a community feel. And they do yeah. try and market it as being more of, you know, enough older being more of that kind of leisure center kind of community vibe, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's been nice uh, getting back into, the old gym training in that old gym uh, that I used to work in and then um starting my new program this week as well and the big goals that we've got in place for this year jake <laughs> already started this week exactly Brian, brian's appetite is so bad <laughs> the, the, like honestly this this christmas had been the one christmas that i think it was the least i'd eaten because my issue has always been every christmas years beforehand but well really just been you know like you know, leading into massive binge eating episodes like night yeah. after night, near enough, or um, yeah, just massively over consuming. Whereas just this time, grazing, like, grazing the whole day. Like now, I'm like, I want to over consume, but now yeah, I can. Like, why not? Yeah. Um, so, Ryan could basically yeah. do with most for the listeners. Ryan could probably do with your general Christmas intake, but every single day of the week. Uh, yet he has probably got your dieting intake in terms of an appetite. It's, it's actually like, well, that's it. It came up in conversation this week of you saying, Ryan, I think you might just need to blend everything up. Savory foods into a blender and you're just going to have to be, I might just, <laughs> like, I'm going to have to know what else. IV soon enough. And I'm just going to be sat there hooked up to an IV, just injecting carbs all day. Like <laughs> it's just, it's horrible. Like I start off each meal with like no desire to eat, regardless of at any time of the day that I'll get down and sit down. I'm like, I don't want to eat this. Like my throat's almost like closed. I start eating it. And I'm like, all right, it's going down. But then by the time I get to the end of the meal, I feel the exact same as how when I started. That's like, that I'm just like, I'm, I just feel like constantly full throughout the entire time that I'm eating. I don't feel any worse when I finish the meal 
but it's just as much of a challenge the whole way through. It's crazy. That's, that's, that's all right. That's all right. You can get through that. But like, <laughs> hands on the table. Just like, yeah, just I genuinely, away. I genuinely hit points last year, 2020, where like there was only like maybe three of them, but there were moments where I was like, one more mouthful will make me puke. Yeah, and like. As long as it's consistent, like if you're just full, like and it's like, ah, I really don't fancy food, like it's. This, I, it's I was a bit say, like, this is just the job. Just get the job done. Yeah, totally. There's certain foods that I just definitely can't eat now as well. Like, I, I've literally said for years on end that I'm like, oh, like I love every single food out there. Like, I, I could happily eat anything at any time. And now, like, like I'm I, eggs is almost like a no go for me now. Like. If I have like eggs, I'm just like, it's just like instant gag reflex. I'm just like, I can't, I've, I've had eggs like in my diet for the last 10 years, like for majority of the time. Um, oats yeah. became the one for me. Legitimately. Legit oats became the thing for me. And it was, li- it was just because like, if I was going to have oats, it had to be like 150 grams plus. Mm-hmm. And like just that degree of stodge yeah. was like, no. <sighs> Um, anyway, let's move on from. I think I think we're talking to a very niche group of people here. Of like, I don't think there's going to be many people that can relate. In all honesty, no, exactly. exactly. People will be wishing that they have my problem right now. <laughs> they would until they experienced it, and then they well, that's true. actually, this is worse. That's um, yeah, I mean, our our Christmas New Year Kate was pretty, really yeah, pretty similar. It? Very chilled, time with the dog. Um, up here for a few days, went down saw family. We went shooting, which was fun. Yeah, we did. Um, we played pitch and shoot. Kate, yeah, Kate's dad uh, was like, "I think I found a new shooting buddy," and I was like, "I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting into shooting." Good fun. It was really it good. good fun, yeah, it, was it was really good, good. Uh, and like I really enjoyed. Like it went a lot better for all of us, I think, than we thought it would. Yeah, we had a great instructor. Um, the instructor was unbelievably good. Yeah. Um, you know, like so there was Kate. Her two, uh, Mick and Tash are kind of cousins, aren't they? Yeah, cousins, yeah. yeah. Her two cousins um, and her dad and one of their partners. So there was like three guys, three girls, and all three of the girls were kind of like, oh my God, we're going to be so bad. We're not going to hit anything. But like really low confidence, quite like apprehensive. And this guy just got the best out of them. It was yeah. so cool. Um, like no matter, like even the harder things that he got, got us to do were like they were, they were still hitting at least the odd clay within that. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, did that, came back up. Then you got sick. Really. And then I got sick pretty much. That was, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't was much, wasn't much it was past nice, that. It was very but it chill. was a nice chill. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's kind of, kind of everything. We went to the little chart room for New Year's Eve, which was amazing. Oh, it was so good. Uh, did paired wines, had a really good time some champagne um probably one of the more like boozy dinners that we've done yeah together um and then went to pay the bill and one of my clients had paid for the whole thing as an engagement present um, which was mental like there's been some lovely things that have come up like we went to the pastry section on christmas eve and someone had paid for our pastry section bill there um, people are so thoughtful. They're so, like, honestly, every time it's happened, we've just been like, "Why are people so nice?" <laughs> people are far too nice. <laughs> but this was like, this was a different level of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because um, like the tasting menu was like 120 pound a head, service, um, wine, wine. Uh, like it was a yeah. That was one of those things where you're like, oh my lord, that mm. is a different level of generosity. Um, anyway. Um, what we're getting on to today, guys, we've just waffled for 20 minutes. Yeah, Hopefully, you like waffle. Hopefully, people are still with us at this point. <laughs> Quite a lot. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. This is like another bit of waffle, even though I said we're not, not going to waffle. Of the podcasts I listen to, I actually really love a little bit of waffle. Yeah. Like when people are just chit chatting. Oh, I often get messages from people saying they almost feel like they're like, part of the crew and like just like having like a coffee with friends which i think is quite a nice thing to hear that's exactly the stuff i listen to like yeah sometimes i listen to podcasts to learn things sometimes i listen to podcasts for like interest but more often than not i'm out on a walk or i'm doing a bit of cardio on a cross trainer or something like that and i just want something 
bit light. That's kind of just like, yeah, light, almost yeah. bullshit going on in the background. Yeah. So hopefully we're your bullshit in the background, guys. <laughs> that's, that's our aim. Um, With a little bit of value added in there at times. <laughs> here and there. So, Kate, what are we going over in our podcast today? We are talking about New Year's resolutions. Um, we appreciate that most people listening to this podcast now will have made some New Year's resolutions. Um, some may have already been broken at this point, but we just kind of want to touch on, I guess, like setting yourself up to be successful. And if you've created these New Year's resolutions, like how to ensure that you continue to do them and to succeed at them mm-hmm. and like a little bit of like why do people succeed with new year's resolutions and why do people fail yeah um i think don't want to dwell on it too much because you've made your re- new year's resolutions and we don't want to just tell you that you're wrong uh that you've done something wrong but it obviously starts with 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 the new year's resolution um and how successful you're going to be at something say I don't know, say someone is 10 stone overweight and they set themselves a New Year's resolution to lose 10 stone in six months even or a year or whatever. Like, we kind of know that that's probably not a great New Year's resolution. They should start with maybe breaking that down into something smaller and have it as like realistic things that are maybe time bound and, you know, that whole smart goal thing. Um, You don't always have to set smart goals like I disagree with that personally, but having some tangibility to it and some realisticness within that is probably a good idea. I think the specific nature of the SMART goal framework is a really good one. So making sure that your goals aren't wishy-washy. They aren't like, oh, I'm just going to try to eat a little bit better. No, what does that look like? What does that actually entail? Like actionable things. What are Yeah, what are the clear actions within that that you can hold yourself accountable to as opposed to like, I'm going to eat better. What is that? Like if you eat one more piece of broccoli per week, technically that's Mm. like you've nailed it, but let's be a bit more specific than that. So you can really deep down know whether you're nailing that or whether it's not going quite as you'd want. You guys agree with that? Anything you'd add? Totally agree. I think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into is like just being quite like, quite generic and I think also like it's something I think that's come up I think it's come up quite a lot on like our Instagrams and talking with clients this week of just kind of following the crowds a little bit when it comes to New Year's resolutions of that well it's January so obviously I'm gonna diet or like you know and not really making choices or doing things because they are the right thing for you to do um like I've got a lot of clients who I've worked with for a significant amount of time and they're kind of done with their fat loss phase. And they're now in more of like a maintenance and muscle building phase. And it's like, you know, the amount of people that have checked in this week and said, this is the first year that I'm not starting a diet or feeling like I need to start a diet, but there's still so much noise around it that like, I feel like I should be, even though I know that I'm done with that side of things for now. So I think it's just making sure that when you do make these goals and New Year's resolutions that they are like specific to you and actually like the right thing for you to be doing. I'd I'd 15, I counted them, I had 15 check-ins this year that were like, this is the first year I've not been dieting as a New Year's resolution resolution or in January, which was pretty cool. Boom. Yeah, that's class. That is class. Um so non-generic non-wishy-washy like typical terrible new year's resolution i'm just gonna lose weight i'm gonna lose weight like Mm -hmm. how much weight how are you gonna do it i think looking at process driven new year's resolutions um or you can go outcome based but then break that down Mm -hmm. into process driven so Mm -hmm. i'm going to lose well, I would like to lose X amount of weight. We could go better. I would like to be a size X clothing because I've been that size before and I know I felt really good when I fit into my size 10 jeans or whatever. Cool. Do we necessarily always align with those goals? No, but are they decent goals for people sometimes? Sure. Mm-hmm. What is the process that goes within that? Okay, I'm going to set myself a calorie deficit and I'm going to be flexible within that and I'm going to go to the gym three times a week and I'm going to do this I'm going to do that I'm going to hit this step count um and I think that's 
something that people quite often miss out is actually the process behind what's going to achieve that result. Don't know about you guys. And, and yeah. I was I was going to add to that of almost having like a bit of a con- contingency plan to that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you might create your specific goal, your long-term goal, like what is it that you're looking to achieve ultimately, then come up with, you know, maybe daily non-negotiables or, you know, daily intentions and things that you're going to set yourself in order to get you there. But then what happens if you suddenly test positive for COVID? Or what happens if you get a promotion at work and you start having to work longer hours? Or like just accepting that you've got that plan, but that you also have to be quite flexible with it as well. Mm. And (laughs) it does come back to that whole thing of like the main people we work with are these people who are black and white with things who are on it or or off it. And like it has to be flexible mm-hmm. it has to be it has to be this is my intention but that is on it's on a like on a um sliding a scale spectrum. yeah on a spectrum mm-hmm. or a sliding scale like you may be aiming 12 12,000 steps but if you have a really busy day and you hit 8,000 is that a big deal no not letting not allowing that for you to like spiral and be like well i fucked it now like what's the point don't know if you subscribed to our email list, but I did actually send out a really good email about that yesterday, about instead of being like all or nothing, accepting that sometimes actually doing all or something, you know, mm. if you can't do it all, that's okay. Like give yourself a little bit of grace and actually asking yourself like, what can I still do? Um, and not looking at it on like a micro view of like every single day, but like across the week. If you know you've had a super busy work, working week and you've not got out and done as much as you wanted to do not as done, done as many steps as you wanted to do like cool okay over the weekend I'm gonna go, like make a point of going to do a little bit of extra cardio or going for an extra long walk at the weekend like yeah just not being so ingrained in like well I didn't do this today so what's the point mm-hmm. or the really simple one of like what's the best I can do today mm-hmm ignore what your intentions are so like you should set your intentions based on what your average like ability is going to be with an understanding that sometimes you may be able to do more than that intention or you may have to do less but just working back to that middle that that like almost um like anchor point of what is the best i can do today what is the best i can give today genuinely not beating myself up that it's not enough not going but it's not fifteen thousand steps which marjorie over the fucking road's doing what i can do today is six thousand steps that's the most i can do today physically and get all my work done and still be able to decompress and have a good night's sleep and spend some time with my family and that's fine mm-hmm. um, and i think for me that's when new year's resolutions go wrong massively is people get way over ambitious about what they're capable of or they have zero ability to kind of flex within those those intentions. And I think most people could do with just coming back to that 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 point of just what can I do today? Yeah. What is doable for me today? I, I think as well, with with having obviously <clears throat> for any goals that you're saying, obviously it's got to be realistic. And I think so many people just like from the get-go, if there's so much that they feel like they need to change going into the new year, they just overwhelm themselves with maybe, you know selecting three or four like and it could even be like three or four new new year's resolutions like you're always best picking one or two i feel something that is something that you can focus all of your attention into more so or take one step at a time rather than thinking like i've i've, I've had clients before that would end up maybe you know looking at something in their personal life looking at something within you know their exercise and nutrition looking at something within work like all of these different things they're trying to manage at once that then just promotes like such a huge level of stress all at once it's like right take your time with what you're trying to focus in trying to change otherwise you're not going to be successful within any of those new year's resolutions that you're going to set keep it as well obviously manageable as you can and avoid from obviously overwhelming yourself just by putting a crazy workload on yourself yeah 100 percent. couldn't agree more like yeah uh, we'll all we'll all have been guilty of it before but like totally there's only so many plates that can spin and like Mm -hmm. if you want to take business really seriously 
your social life or your fitness may have to suffer. One of those two. You want to take fitness really seriously. Your social life or your work life may have to suffer a little bit. So don't be setting lofty goals in all areas. And I think the other thing that people forget is because January is quite quiet. And this is only coming to my head now, but they forget their social life. Yeah. Because January is quite quiet. They set these lofty expectations that work for the first few weeks of January when everyone's a bit done with socializing, everyone's done a bit with meals out and, and nights out and all that stuff. And then they start to filter back in through February, March, mm. and they never had the propensity for them to come back in and keep balancing the plates that they were trying to balance. Yeah. So actually acknowledging what is my normal life? Not what's my January life and not what's my December life, because neither of those are normal. What's my September life? What's my August life? What's my, what's my April life? How can I work some things within that? Or at least, you know, if you want to be extreme for a couple of months, understanding that it's then okay to back off a little bit come March, April, and not just go, well, I can't keep this up, so fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, fully. I, like, I think that's one thing as well. Yeah, people will... You touched on this earlier with saying that, um, you know, if, if you if you do trip yourself up and you have a little bit of a slip up, then, you know, that's that does not mean that you've automatically completely failed and that you need to chuck that in the bin. That's the, the moment that you decide that you're going to stop working towards that resolution is obviously when you fail at that resolution. Mm. Um, I think so what 2020 when I decided to do that year sober, I think I did like I think it was about 10 months in the end. It was mental, um, by the way. That was cool as fuck. <laughs> well I'm, I'm actually going back to doing that i've decided that i'm really nice. going back to doing that anyway i'm just so much happier not having alcohol in my life to be honest um but yeah i would find that i remember my whole reasoning behind doing so was right i have a poor relationship with alcohol in the sense that i didn't i didn't drink it for enjoyment i came fresh out of uni i had that mentality of right drink a bottle of wine and then i'll feel pretty good before going into the club like that's, you know, I'd go out for, for then food and then I would be, you know, I, I wouldn't ever want to have, you know, drink for the purpose of enjoyment or taste. And I was like, I want to take time away from that and see if I can mature my kind of perspective with alcohol. Then I remember like that was the whole reasoning behind it. So I was like, you know, like if, for example, someone was like, you know, forcing me to have a drink or like really, really wanted me to have a drink, I'd be like, okay, I'll have a drink. What, what's, what's the purpose of that? As long as it's not doing anything that's impacting my life. So I think there was two occasions where, I think it was like in the middle of the summer, um, lockdown was kind of like easing towards that point and there was good weather outside. And one of my mates had beer and he was like, oh, like he was getting all the boys to be like, Ryan, just have a drink, just have a drink, just have a drink. And I was like, well, I'm not drinking to, for the purpose to, to get drunk or anything. I was like, I'll have a sip of it. Like, oh, you've ruined your New Year's resolution. But I'm like, it doesn't mean anything like that. That doesn't matter. Like the whole purpose behind this is for me to actually have a better relationship with alcohol and take time away from that for the purpose of not drinking to just get drunk. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, yeah. So, and I think that's, that's the issue with, I feel like, British culture is so bad for that, isn't it? Like alcohol know. is such a huge part of our culture that, you know, the amount of times I got called boring for not drinking or, you know, just, you, I'm like, what? Like, that's so, so contradictory. How, how are you boring if you could go out in a social situation, not be reliant on alcohol, have I mean, a good time? Fun. Like, it's the opposite. It, it literally yeah. is. I bet, I, like, I don't, I'm not going to go on a tangent on this because I definitely can with alcohol. Um, I'm really quite passionate about it in terms of like social norms surrounding it. But yes. um, you've nailed it there. Like there's also, and this is where I thought you were going with the British culture thing. Mm. And maybe it's just a human nature thing. There's also a massive culture of like, you fucked up. Like yeah. almost a got you thing. And yeah, like yeah. literally people, people almost willing you to fuck up mm -hmm. New Year's resolutions and you almost willing yourself to do it in a way. Mm -hmm. And like, what you just described there is such a good attitude to a New Year's resolution of like, what is the actual context behind this slip up? Yeah. Yeah. So someone has a New Year's resolution to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight, right? And they're out of a calorie deficit for a day, but they've been in a calorie deficit for a month. You're like, okay, so your net calorie deficit for this month is like 50,000 calories, even though you went a thousand calories over today. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. how about we just reproduce that for another month? And you'll be fucking miles ahead of where and if you just you'd, you'd ever have been 
in any scenario. Like you'll be in an amazing place, but instead you want to hyper-focus on this thousand calories over you've gone because you had a lovely Saturday night out with some pals or whatever and throw in the towel. Like mm-hmm. it is just mind bogglingly like ridiculous when you really break it down. And none of us are going like, none of us are saying this in a way of like, you should all feel stupid if you're listening no, to this and you do this. Not. I think that's this like is, generally how our brains are wired. Yeah. This is all three of us have done it. Yeah. And all three of us can look back at things we've done and been and be like, on what planet is that mm-hmm. rational thinking? And is that a good way to go about this? But yeah. Um, so you are going to mess up your New Year's resolution. You are going to, you know, not do the things that you said you were going to do. And like, that's okay. Of course it is. But I actually had, again, like coming back to making good New Year's resolutions and good targets for yourself and assessing what your week looks like, what your day looks like and what's doable for you. I had a conversation with a client today of like him not, not giving himself ridiculous expectations and ridiculous tasks to complete because it was actually like reinforcing a message with him and his relationship with himself that it was okay not to follow through on his intended actions. And actually how powerful it is when you become someone to other people and yourself who follows through on their actions. Mm -hmm. When you say you will do something, you do it. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. Like, and when you develop that relationship with yourself of like, no, I've said I'm going to do this. So I'm going to do it. That doesn't come from going, I'm going to become a millionaire this year. That comes from, for like, for us, for example, I'm going to grow my client base by five clients by March. Like mm. a, an achievable target with like method behind it that you know and a process behind it that you know you can follow through and make happen and then fucking doing it and making it happen and reinforcing that over months and weeks and months and years to the point where you're someone who, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. But the more times that you set yourselves these wishy-washy or way over ambitious targets and then don't do them, the more times you reinforce yourself, <clears throat> you can't trust a word I say, really. I chat shit all the time. I'm not someone who does these things. Kate, you... Like, it's that, like, total negative feedback loop, isn't it? You yeah. were more of a, like, self-professed, more of a serial dieter than yeah, maybe totally. me and Ryan. Like... It's that, isn't it? It it literally just feeds into that, like, self-hatred. And, like, Mm -hmm. just what you said there of, like, when you tell yourself you're going to do something and then you do it, I would argue that that is, like, the highest form of, like, self-love and, like, self-compassion because if you've told yourself you're going to do certain things because you know that they are going to make you happier or healthier or whatever it may be and you are following through with that and you are holding that promise to yourself, like we talk about compassion of like doing things your future self will thank you for. And that's what you're doing. Whereas when you create these goals that aren't achievable, you're setting yourself up for failure. You fail, you feel shit about yourself and it just fuels that self-hatred and, and that, that like negative self-talk. So like it, it can be a really like, just like a really shitty negative space to be in when you're in that kind of place. I know it's the total total change in Kate's like mindset and demeanor post 2018 is you smashed business. Mm. It wasn't necessarily something you told yourself you were going to do as much, but um, you also dieted really, really successfully, maybe for the first time ever. I don't know. I I think for the first Mm -hmm. time ever. And there was like a change in demeanor of like, like, I get you shit start, done. You start to be, you just start to believe, believe in yourself, yourself a yeah. more. 100%. And like, I've like actually really pulled clients up this week of some of them, you know, questioning whether they can do certain things and like talking quite negatively to themselves. And as savage as it sounds, like if you tell yourself you can't do something, you probably can't. And like, mm-hmm. I know that's really negative, but like the things that we tell ourselves and the way that we speak to ourselves really matters. And if you're telling yourself like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, like what's the point? Then there's probably that part of you that's like gonna end up self-sabotaging because you almost wanna like prove yourself right. Yeah. In like a really fucked up way. And even just the mindset that goes along with it. Like you say, you can't do something, you don't buy into it as much. You You don't don't try as much. You don't try as much. You don't 
actually, you've already given yourself an out. Yeah. Like, the biggest thing, like, I remember, and this is totally off topic, but me and Kate started as PTs at the same time. And we both had quite a lot to lose and probably a little bit of pride on the line and almost a, I don't have a choice but to succeed at this and I'm going to. And I don't think we'd ever, and we never got, we never actually really got exposed to like the failure. Yeah. Like, and that sounds like really bad, but like we've not really had failure from start to now from a, like, like this industry point of view, Mm. like, we've kind of set targets and hit them consistently. Mm -hmm. And it is that reinforcing thing. Yeah. But we said we were going to do it. And we like, there wasn't that it's okay if we don't. It fucking wasn't okay if we didn't. Like we, it's not an option right now. Like we have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We didn't know each other at this time, by the way. It wasn't like Kate (laughs) and Jake, the couple. (laughs) (laughs) Kate and Jake, the couple joined Nuffield together and became (laughs) Jake's No, Uh, we met doing this doing that oh as as cliche as it sounds like i've always been such like a firm believer in you know if you put your mind to something you you can you can literally achieve anything like you can like put yourself in any example of anything that you'd want to achieve with a realistic time frame like you could literally achieve anything it's just literally it's all within the mindset and it's the most yeah your mindset literally determines your success within everything always Yeah. Um, and then you, you lead to that point of snowballing. Like when you find that your positive actions are leading to you feeling more positive and gaining those positive emotions, it goes in that feedback loop of yeah, positive emotion, positive actions, positive emotion, positive actions. And it just, it snowballs. It snowballs. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Any area of life, like stuff to do with fitness and nutrition, business, etc. It's it's momentum and it's positive reinforcement of, of those actions. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, I think we both saw it with that on different ways for that photo shoot we did, Kate, of like mm. uh, our actions are having returns. Yeah. Um, you had to take some slightly more aggressive actions and mm. dig a little bit more. Um, and also something that we've not spoken about yet is just taking ownership for your actions. And like, you know, if you set yourself certain goals, no one else is going to do it for you. So, mm. you know, sometimes you've just got to, accept that you've got to take ownership for your own actions and put your money where your mouth is a little bit. Yeah. Like we, we talk a lot about being compassionate coaches and like we push back a lot against the, like just work harder, just yeah, fucking dig in kind of vibe, but there's a lot of benefit and merit in those kind of uh, underpinning those statements. Mm. And like, for me, what is your level of self-pride like what is your level of like relationship with yourself like are you just want you genuinely someone who's okay with just failing all the time are you okay with just letting yourself down all the time because that's a pretty shitty position to be in and like it's something you really want to assess if you are okay with consistently setting targets for yourself that you know are of benefit to you and just not doing them Mm -hmm. like that's not great. Like I've worked with clients in the past, like would never mention any names, but where they just chat shit. Like, and they say, I want to do this. I need to do this. And I can give them all the framework in the world to, to, to make that happen and all the support in the world to make that happen. But ultimately they just don't fucking do it because they don't have a good enough relationship with themselves to hold themselves accountable to make it happen. And like, that's not a great place to be in as a human. Mm. So mm. assessing that, like, am I okay with just consistently letting myself down? Am I okay? Do I have that level of standard to myself that bullshitting myself consistently, letting myself down consistently, wallowing in a place that I'm not happy with in consistently is okay? And that's mm. like really almost like savage and deep, but asking yourself that question is probably really important, especially this time of year. Totally. Yeah, it's like it's like the the want to change and then the next stage of that readiness to change those different stages and like psychology of like you can want to change but does that necessarily mean that you're actually ready to take those actions and take that on yeah like literally are you ready to take that on and actually do whatever it takes to be able to do that and yeah no i completely agree with with everything you're saying there Mm -hmm. i think that kind of caps things off that was very 
probably should have actually written down a plan of how we were going to go about this because we basically <laughs> just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But uh, hopefully we've given people some stuff to think about. Um, and, you know, this is a huge part. You've probably just got a really big window into our coaching. Yeah. Which is, you know, it isn't about setting people macros and some workouts. Like that's some of the structure within some of our coaching for some people. But a huge part of it is like, delving into people's inner psychology and actually helping them stop getting in the fucking way of themselves, mm-hmm. which like, I don't think my average client, I give anything that special to from like a diet point of view, from a training point of view, like or any of that, like the main thing I'm providing them with is like a fresh mindset yeah, and the accountability to stop getting in their own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 100%. Ralph just made the smelliest fart. He really did. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. It was so rancid, and he's looking at me he like really so guilty. He looks so guilty. Do you need oh. to do that? Did you I, smell as well? Did you? I, I went into the kitchen this morning um, after waking up, and King had done just the biggest shit on the floor. Oh, like no. honestly, <laughs> like but like the size of King's shits are like, like they don't like. They don't fit in a poo bag. Like literally, they barely oh. fit in the poo bag. Um, <laughs> just flush it down the toilet. And the, no, that was literally straight in the bag. And I was out. No, we we chucked it in a bin bag, and then we took it out to the main bin. We're like, that is getting out of here asap. Wow. Um, and it doesn't. It didn't, it, it, I, what what is King? Is he a Doberman? Doberman. Yeah, he's Doberman. a European big one. <laughs> yeah, so he's. I think he's like uh, low forty kilos or something now. Last time we weighed him, he was like thirty eight kilos. But like when he jumps up, like he can put his paws on my shoulder and he's like almost, he's probably about like 5'11", like stretched out. Oh, big, big poos. That's the thing. If you've got a big dog, then it's big poos. Yeah, I think we take that for granted with Ralph a little bit. He's not really a farter, is he? Daily. Rarely. (laughs) Daily. Really? 100%. More so recently, so we've given him a little bit more treats. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But anyway, um, yeah. He's like... When was the last time he pooed inside? When he was ill. Literally when he was ill. When he was ill in October 2020. 21, sorry. Um, So we'd have only had him four weeks. Four to six weeks, yeah, Yeah. something like that. Oh, he was so poorly. And he he was fully toilet trained at this point. Like, we'd gone pretty heavy with the the toilet training. And um, he just had, like horrendous diarrhea like the level of illness of that do- i mean he didn't he nearly died he had to go into the hospital yeah he had to spend the night in the beds oh. but um he uh oh, it was 2020 wasn't it, it wasn't yeah. 2021 it was 2020 anyway um he um he would have diarrhea in the flat and there was this like level of guilt yeah like he wouldn't look at you associated with it oh like, no he, he, he has been ill since then hasn't he he was he was ill no, do you remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. His bum out of the cage, like out literally. Of the I was just about to yeah. say that he sleeps in a crate, and we came <laughs> into the living room, and he managed to like literally shoot it out of his crate. Like there was none in his bed, and it was just out. And we were just like, "How has he managed to do that?" He is like the biggest people pleaser. Like, if he thinks he's in trouble, like, he's just so apologetic. And, like, I think he thinks if he's like pooed inside, he's like, oh my God, mum and dad are going to be so cross with me. (laughs) He, so, well, the worst part is, like, and I think that was the second time, wasn't it? The first time. Oh, he went in and shouted at him. He woke me up. He woke me up because he was literally like clawing at at his crate trying to get out. And it was like two o'clock in the morning and I went in. I was like, what the fuck is the dog doing? Because he has done that in the past just for whatever reason. He just claws at his crate just because he's agitated or something. And like few and far between though. So I went in and I was like, what the fuck? And I could kind of smell shit. And I was like, right. That's unusual. It would have been about a year since he'd last pooed anywhere inside. I was like, that's very unusual. Is he ill? So I opened his crate and I looked in and there was a, a nugget of solid shit <laughs> right so i'm like you've shit in your crate so i told him off i didn't shout at him i told him off i generally if i'm telling ralph off i put him on his on his hind legs 
and I look him in the eye and I tell him off and say, Ralph, not good, very bad, Um, or bad dog. And um, he, so I told him off and he went and sat in his bed because he's got a bed and a crate and he looked really disappointed himself. And I investigated further and there was diarrhea like kind of out the side of the crate. So clearly- He'd had like a normal purse. This is like a bit way TMI. But sometimes (laughs) when you've just started to have diarrhea, you still have solid feces in your like small intestine, still like working its way out. So you have like the initial solid feces followed by diarrhea. And basically he had some solid shit and the rest was liquid. Um, so I found that and was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Ralph. It's okay. But he was okay? like, but he was like proper apologetic, putting his paw in the air to me, like, I'm so sorry, Daddy. I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry for telling you off. And he was like, I'm sorry too. Um, it was, it was, yeah. And then the, the next time, because he, he had diary the next night or later that night, and he was so like disappointed and like oh, he was guilty. So sad. And he was like, I'm going to be in trouble again, aren't I? <laughs> um, so, yeah, poor dog. I, I really hope no one's eating food whilst they're listening to this. Yeah, I know. We should like, really, be really. Put a bit of a disclaimer on it. <laughs> People do quite often actually say that our podcast makes them really hungry. Yeah. So this is going to be the antithesis of that. So if you're dieting, you might want to listen to this podcast. Because we usually talk about food so much that we like make them hungry. But this podcast, I think, uh, quite the opposite. Not today. Not Not today. today. Happy days. Right. Anyway, we will leave it there. Um. We're looking to be, be a little bit better with the podcast this year. I'm going to make it my priority to get more guests on and stuff, guys. Um, if you do ever think of a guest that you want us to have on or a topic that you know. want us to cover, please, please do let us know. People are so polite and shy. Please t- do let us know. Feedback. Messages. If you're Goodbye, listening Jake, to this. telling me shit. Ask Jake if he's feeling better. <laughs> Give me sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Ryan, are you training in Nuffield tomorrow? I am indeed. What time are you training? Not decided on that yet. Um, probably around about midday. Okay, cool. May see you in there. May train first thing, or, or we may be training um, a little bit later. We've got a meeting with our, with our accountant at some point mid-morning-ish. Um, but anyway, thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Please do leave us a five-star review, because we're a five-star podcast. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you in the next episode <laughs> okay.